Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by good friend and colleague, Dr. Sean Drake. Sean and I had a great conversation today, really diving into why as clinicians, as coaches, as athletes, why we need a team around us to help us be better humans and better athletes instead of trying to do it all on our own or trying to do it just with maybe one person by our side. So whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Sean, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have this discussion. We've been going back and forth on wanting to do this for a while, and here we finally are. Um, so you and I have kind of been co-training each other for a while, kind of running ideas off of each other for a while, and that's really what we want to get into a discussion about today is like why... Why I can't treat everyone, why you can't treat every single person, why every individual essentially needs kind of a team of people behind them to help them be happy, functional humans. Yeah, I think, it, you know, whenever someone's looking and saying, hey, I've got one person or this is my person, um, sometimes we kind of get shaded in our inner idea of who's in front of us. You know, we get into our philosophy, our style, and all of a sudden we're, we're seeing this person in a pattern, and maybe we don't see them outside of our clinic or outside of our gym or outside of our practice. And so it's nice to have other people that can see from a different lens and say, Hey, you know what? I see this, or, um, here's the vestibular component. Here's the balance component. Here's the strength component. Here's the performance component. Um, and then it really allows us to, to fine tune what we're doing with that client and, and each other. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, we all have our biases. And so it's like, I may look at something and be like, Oh, it has to be coming from the hip. And you may look at something else and be like, no, I think it's more come from the shoulder or that sort of thing. And so I think having those different eyes can be super helpful. Yeah. And I think it comes down to, you know, who's in front of you, right? Like there's, there's certain clients I don't take on in our clinic and there's certain clients we focus on in our clinic because we have gone to the specialization of working with rotational athletes, power athletes, and then ironically have fallen back into moms um, <laughs> that, are, that are wanting to get pregnant and, and be athletes at the same time. Um, so it's, you know, we, we do have our style, we have our bias. A lot of us got into the field because it helped us. And so, you know, maybe we wanted to go that route. You know, we have some people that are in our fields that are now going into the functional medicine side, the functional neurology side. Um, they're going into, like we said earlier, the balanced brain side. So again, it's, it's, what are you wanting to be good at and can you become great? Right. It's, you know, doing the right continuing education is putting yourself around people that are going to question you why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and kind of call you on your crap when you get back into that momentum of saying, okay, just the grind, you know, we're in the grind of the clinic. It's like the everyday thing and saying, you know, get out of the clinic, go see what's out there and bring some of that information back in. Absolutely. Like it's, it's so important to continue learning. Like I love, I don't go to as many courses as I used to, used to anymore just because when I first got out of school, it's like, I felt like I knew nothing and had to learn everything still. And now as I've been more focused on or like niching down into certain people like you have, it's all right being more selective, but taking like still finding those courses or classes or conferences that make sense, um, but really focusing on like, how can I be a better clinician for those specific people that I'm seeing? For sure. And I think it comes down to when you do these courses, are you actually bringing it back and applying it, mm -hmm. right? Because there's so many times that I've seen, especially courses that I teach or that I've attended, 
where you go there and you're like, man, this is amazing. And then you come back and it's like, wait a second, that doesn't fit our model, that doesn't fit our mold. And it's uncomfortable, right? Like it's uncomfortable to change and it's uncomfortable to get worked on sometimes. And, and you know, you and I are guilty of that where we're like, okay, we're gonna finally start taking care of each other. And you know, I ignore a lot of things in my own body because I'm like, man, I'm just taking care of everybody on time, but we've gotta make that a priority. And if you do go somewhere and you're like, hey, that works, find a way to make sure you can implement it back in your practice or it's just wasted time and energy. Absolutely. Um, and I, I've never, just because I don't have that mindset, I've never fully understood like why, what's the point of wasting that time and money if you're not going to utilize it? And like, I get it. Not every single thing you learn at a course is going to be worthwhile, but there's always a few things that are like, this is awesome and I can start integrating this now with these people. Yeah, and, and don't get lost in that, um, that that's the only thing, right? We get excited, we go to some of these seminars and it's like, oh man, this is really, really cool. Um, and so we try, to, we try to just focus on that and we forget about all the, the things that have made us great at what we're doing. Um, and so understand too, that when you're looking at somebody, make sure that you've got your assessment first. Like pick an assessment, I don't care what it is, right? But have an assessment and then from the assessment perspective, you can throw a bunch of different tools at it to make anything work. Like, you know, you and I always talk about the adjustment versus dry needling versus soft tissue versus some of the other modalities that we use. Um, and how like some people only pick one modality and that's fine. And, and this is something that we, we discuss a lot, but then make sure you have a team that's attacking those other areas uh, to really get the best for that client. Yeah. And I think having all those tools is super helpful because not every body responds to different things. Like I respond great to needling, but I've worked with clients who don't respond very well to needling and do better with cupping or vice versa. And I think it's just really important to like understand that not everyone's going to respond greatly to every single thing, which is why we need those different things. Um, And then like you said, having, having that team, like you and I have discussions all the time. We just were having one before this recording of like, Hey, how do you address shoulder stability? Because like we can all learn from each other regardless of what profession we're in. Yeah, and again, I think we gotta get out of the mindset of profession, right? Like Greg Rose says it the best in his seminars. He's like, look, if I walk in your office and I can tell that you're a PT or a Cairo, there's a gap in your education. Mm-hmm. Like your results should speak for themselves. It shouldn't be, hey, I'm a chiropractor, hey, I'm a physio, or hey, I'm a physical therapist, or I'm a doctor of physical therapy, or I'm a DO. Um, it should be like, hey, like I know what I'm really good at, and I'm, I'm gonna do my best to make sure that when you walk out of my clinic, that you were better than when you walked in. And that we're continuing to create objective findings. And, and we're able to actually look at your progression. And then instead of that subjective world of like, how do you feel? And, and putting that back on the patient to determine, okay, well, yeah, I don't know if it's really working. But if, you can, if we have the objective side of it, and we can show them, hey, your squat's improving. Mm-hmm. You know, your overhead carry's improving. Your overall movement which is affecting your activities of daily life and all of a sudden you're seeing stuff in your house that you've never seen whether it's with your wife your husband your kids whatever it is that's really why we do what we do and so often we get stuck in that pain model where it's like oh you know what I want to feel good from the clinician because I got them out of pain go one step further and ask him how's this affecting your life how's this affecting you and what you'll notice really quickly is why we're all in this these professions miracles happen every single day with what we get to do versus some other professions, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, I think so many times, I, I talk to people who have been seeing someone for weeks or months and like have no change. In my mind, like you should be noticing changes from day one. 
Like why, where's the disconnect with people or with the clinician or whatever that all of a sudden it's like, we shouldn't necessarily be like seeing these results for four weeks. And I, and I don't fully, I don't fully grasp that because I'm always looking to like at least make some sort of change each and every time. I think that comes down to the philosophy side, right? And some people, um, I'll never knock another professional for the decision they make and their decisions. Uh, all I know is I can, I can do what I, I do in here in our clinic, right? And what you do. And we've, we've changed our ability to look at how we're treating, right? It's no longer like, Hey, here's the system I was taught this amount of visits over three months or whatever it's going to be. Right. It's like, look, let's do a basic three to six visits. Let's, let's see how much progression we can make. Let's see what kind of change we make. Also depends on what they're walking in for, right? Are they walking in with an acute injury? Well, mm-hmm. that's going to be managed different than a lot of people that are walking in our, in our you know, clinics nowadays in this chronic, inflamed, angry, upset, emotionally you know, frustrated situation where, okay, I may see you more than I've ever seen somebody. Because now we've got to also say, like, look, like, you've, been during, you've been in COVID. You know, you've been stressed out. You've been stuck at home. You're, you're over a computer. You've got all these other things that we used to not have to deal with in the world um, that we're now having to deal with. And from a cl- clinical standpoint is to say, look, like, who's in front of me? You know, what's their why? And is this really physical pain? Like, a lot mm-hmm. of us, like, go automatically, like, oh, you have shoulder pain. Let's focus on the shoulder. Well, during your assessment, did you ask them about have they had any major trauma, emotional, you know, spiritual, or whatever you want to do? And then, hey, how's your diet? Like, how's your actual, like, intake of food? How's your nutrition? And then beyond that, it's like, okay, well, have you had blood work in the last year? And that's one area I think a lot of clinicians miss, and that's why I have, like, two different people on our team that we work with regularly. We look at blood work, because you and I can work on the body all day long, but if we can't get the inflammatory, you know, response back to normal, if we can't get hormones back into, you know, check, if we can't get sleep corrected, it just works against us. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, Dr. Drake didn't work. And that's, and to me, I'm like, I want to get the best result for that client. But we also got to teach them how to live lifestyle outside of our clinic. Mm-hmm. And I love that you brought the emotion part of it. I um, just had a conversation fairly recently with a client of mine who's like making good progress. Some things aren't fully making sense at, at times. Um, and then she's like, oh, so I never mentioned, she didn't go into detail on what it was. She's like, but she's like, I had some trauma like years ago, mental, emotional stuff. And so we kind of started having that discussion and suggested a book for her to read and start to work through. And, and like so much stuff started, not, she's still not hundred percent by any means, but so much stuff started clearing up because like she was addressing that emotional side of things and emotions, mental stuff plays so much into our pain for sure and you know if you if you come in our clinic you'll see there's tissues next to seriously every single part of our clinic and you know my my staff's always like man you make a lot of people cry and I said no I we just ask the right questions and through therapy and like treatment and being able to work on these people and actually care and listen like you'd be surprised at how many people you don't have to touch if you just listen Mm -hmm. to what's going on with them and allow them to open up and then all of a sudden it's like, they're like, holy crap, like I didn't realize I was holding that in. And then I make a phone call to two of my friends down the road and I'm like, yo, I'm sending you a patient because this person needs you. <laughs> do some neurobiofeedback, do whatever you need to do with the brain. Um, but it goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, somebody can see somebody for, you know, six to eight weeks and not see change. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, just being able to ask different questions 
and say, okay, well, why aren't they changing? And is this about me as a clinician that I have to see them to feel good about myself or I have to see them to fill my pocketbook or I have to see them to feel like my practice is successful? Or can I get them corrected and moving in the right path as quickly as possible and know that that cup's going to flow from referrals and that cup's going to flow from abundance from very different areas that we would have never thought about? Yeah. And I think that's important and I think that's where you and I definitely feel confident as far as like, I know what I can do. I know it's out of my scope. And if someone needs to go see someone else because it's not something I can do, like, go see them. I'm happy to let someone else get the money on that if the person can get better. Yeah. And I think had it not been for, you know, functional movement systems with SFMA and some of the other courses that I've taken, um, you know, I wouldn't practice the way that I practice. If I hadn't had, you know, Mike Voigt as a mentor from the, you know, physical, like, just assessment side and looking at the hip and looking at the shoulder um, to other mentors, I wouldn't practice the way that I practice. So it's like you've got to get around the people that are really making the difference, right? Mm -hmm. That are pushing the edge of, like, how can we make the body more efficient? I think that's what it comes down to is how well can we make this person be more efficient than they were when they walked in instead of saying, I'm focusing just trying to get them out of pain. Like, is if we can make them more efficient, that's going to be more flow state. That's going to go into this whole positive psychology side where they're like, wow, this is really, really working. I can get in my car easier. I can pick up my kid. I can actually swing my golf club. Um, hey, I got the lowest score ever. And, you know, just to bring up a kid recently this week. So of a young kid, concussed um, in football, dizzy, a lot of other issues. Seen every neurologist you can think of in the local area. And I had him come in, and I'm like, we just assessed him. He's been getting adjusted, like, every week for the past, like, you know, probably 20-something weeks. And I just told the parents after I assessed him, like, dude, he's hypermobile right now. Like, we, we're taking him off adjustments. Like, then we did balance testing. I'm like, we're focusing on vestibular. Like, we're going to work on balance for about a week and a half. Um, and then we're using some other modalities, like PMF with pulse centers and, like, hyperbaric, you know, with OxyHealth and a couple other things that we do in here with laser. But... He just shot his best score yesterday with no dizziness. And the parents are like, I feel like you're not even touching him. And I go, it's not about what I'm doing with him. It's teaching him his body how to calm down, how to actually use what it has. Um, and I think that, you know, as a practitioner, we need to step back sometimes and say, this isn't about us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thinking about, actually, let's, Let's back up a little bit to where I probably should have started this whole conversation into the whole fact of like, who are you actually? <laughs> and like, how did you, you are a chiropractor. You are definitely not the traditional chiropractor, which is why I love working with you as a, as an athlete coming to get fixed myself, but also as a colleague. Um, why, like, did you, what got you to choose this route versus like doing what probably the majority of your classmates did? Yeah. So, I mean, I've run, um, a traditional chiropractic clinic. I had, you know, 500 week practice at one point in LA, um, where I was seeing people on a correctional plan. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen the soft tissue side. I've, I've done the PI side. Uh, it wasn't until, you know, I did my master's in sports injury management and human performance and got opened up into an entirely different world that challenged me. Right. And it was, you know, the adjustment, the adjustment, the adjustment. And then what I was realizing is like, okay, there's something missing. Like I'm adjusting this athlete or I'm adjusting this individual and it, things aren't correcting. And I started asking the question, why? Um, and then I met, you know, Dr. Rose with SFMA and TPI. And that's when he just straight up challenged me. 
And he's like, look, you need to go look at this and have you read this. And so I started going down that rabbit hole. And if any of us know, like you start going down that rabbit hole, it's like, all right, well, I don't know anything. Um, and then I started asking the questions with a bunch of different people and saying, hey, like, can I fly out and mentor you with you? Can I, you know, I've got a break, you know. And, um, and then at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's not that I'm not a chiropractor, but most people that walk in here, they're like, this isn't chiropractic. And I have to explain to them, like, chiropractic is part of what we do. Chiropractic drives our philosophy in this clinic. Our goal in this clinic is to reduce drugs and surgery, right? Our, our goal in this clinic is to make sure you can live a healthy, vibrant life. That's chiropractic. That's what chiropractic taught me. It saved my life. It brought me back to where I'm at. But now I would say it's more of a, a sports, like a performance medicine clinic, right? A performance, you know, chiropractic clinic, if you want to say that word. But now it's truly about, okay, what's best for that patient? And then like sport focused, it's no longer like, you know, okay, I'm just going to focus on your neck pain and back pain. I tell everybody that walks in here, I said, we're a different clinic. It says athlete chiropractic on the door, but that's like probably the fifth thing that we're going to do. Number one, we're going to assess your body. Can we make you more efficient than you are right now? Can we make you the most efficient that you can ever be? If we can't, we're going to find the best people around you to do it. Number two, your body's a regional independence you know, system. It works in a mobile, stable environment, a mobile, stable, mobile, stable. And we explain that to them. And I said, now we got to break that out. We got to see how you move, how you function, and then let's attack it. We've got different tools. And like you said, there's a lot of things that I don't do in here. There's a lot of great people in this community that I refer to. And there's people outside of the community I refer to, you know, so being in this system is the hardest thing I've ever done. Coming back into clinic after being out for, you know, five years on the road, 40 something weeks a year uh, and seeing how sick people are and, and realizing like I've referred more people out in our first year of opening this clinic than I think I did in my first five years of being a practitioner because it was like, no, the adjustment's going to work. I'm only, you know, I'm going to take x-rays and the adjustment's going to work. And it did work on a lot of people. But now it's, you know, it's more than just that. It's like making sure that people can actually function after the adjustment. And if you're going to just adjust, that's cool. But make sure you got somebody on your team that can soft tissue, that can do other things, that can actually create that corrective pattern after you give them mobility. Those are big things that I think that we do. Yeah, and that's where I think a lot of the... It's the conversations I have with a lot of people who are telling me, like, I've been seeing a chiropractor for a really long time, and like I'll ask them a question, like, what's your chiropractor doing with you afterwards to make sure you actually know how to use that movement that they've now added to your system. And I kind of like get the deer in the headlights look, or if it's like over the phone, it's kind of be like, what are you talking about? Um, it's just cause we can't, we can't move the body to a different position and expect it's just going to know what to do. Like we have to teach it actually what to do. Mm -hmm. That's the motor control side, right? So we talk about, you know, obviously we've got the joint, we've got the tissue, we've got the brain. And a lot of times, you know, we just want to smash, and, and this goes for physios, chiros, and a lot of different practitioners, where we mash the joint, we mash the tissue, and we're like, okay, you're good, come back tomorrow, or come back two days, come back and whatever. But one thing that I think that I've gotten out of our education with OnBaseU, RacketFit, TPI, SFMA, FMS, um, you can go to FRC. I mean, I can name a ton of great seminars to go to, but it's that motor control aspect, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, uh, again, it's the book analogy. Like, you know, we don't forget things. Our brain memorizes everything that we've ever done, every motor pattern, every single situation. But when we get injured, it's like putting an emergency brake on. So all of a sudden that motor pattern changes. So we alter our body and now we start to make that movement. 
And you know, from a clinical perspective, if we address that mobility issue, whether that's a joint tissue, and we don't retrain the brain to use that, it's gonna revert back to that book that it memorized from that altered motor pattern. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that if I can encourage anybody to do is like, look, learn about motor control. Learn about how the brain functions with what you're doing. And if you're not comfortable doing corrective exercise, shoot, there's a ton of people out there that you can hire from even personal trainers to to send them to corrective exercise programming. Go to FMS2, level two. That's a ton of it right there. Say, look, you know, I'll do my adjusting if I want to just do adjusting. And then have someone on your team that's like, look, I'll go ahead and integrate it. Uh, Agoscu, I mean, from just a postural standpoint, Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best things if you're a chiropractor or physical therapist and you want to have a staff member go through something, if you just want to talk about like exercises that will work with somebody to, to do what you're doing if you don't want to really do it, I think that's a phenomenal way to do it, especially virtually now. Like looking at posture, being able to help people. Um, so that's just some things I think that are, are really key. Yeah, that's it's a I've never gone through the Yoscu. I've I'm working with someone, a client now who has done it in the past with a different clinician. Um, different practitioner and it's pretty fascinating like with what it can do yeah and I mean Brian Bradley uh, you know so he's one of their their main guys and um, what I've, I've seen with Brian they have a patch they have a really good workout system based on like military movement just functional you know performance and you know being able to work with Fred Warner from the 49ers right and like you know seeing what they've done with the 49ers and their facility um, again, it's not, I don't think it's about the brand, right? Like, let's go, it goes back to philosophy. Like, the one thing I love about Agoscu is it's posture driven. It's like, hey, um, they focus, they think the psoas is the king, and, and, you know, for them and their philosophy, that works and it helps a lot of people. Um, but they stick to their thing. They're like, look, this is our system, this is where our assessment is, and that's what the key thing It goes back to assessment. And then here are things that work. And here's what I love about Agoscu practitioners and, and what Pete's done and what Brian's done is that if they're not seeing that final result, they're like, dude, go see a chiro, go see a physical therapist. Like, here's the basics, here's the starts, and it helps a lot of people. But if it doesn't, they're like, dude, let's let's collaborate. And it's, there's no ego involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, drop the ego. Drop having to like be like, oh, I'm the one healing you or I'm the one that has to be you know over you. I've gone to the opposite where I'm like, I hope I see you less, right? Like our goal in this clinic and, and what I teach around the country and world is become the sniper, be really damn good at your assessment, be really good at your treatment to where your clients are able to screen themselves outside of there. Like I've got a ton of professional athletes, whether it's golf or baseball, and those are two that I really hyper-focus on right now. But every one of my athletes that flies in for an assessment, I teach them our on-base use screen. Like I legitimately, they have to show it to me when they show up to my clinic. I send them a thing. I'm like, review these. Same with golf. Every one of my golfers knows how to screen themselves with a TPI screen. So they're like, hey, my toe tap test is off. My 90-90 is off. So now we have the same language. So if they're on the road and they're like, man, my pitching isn't the way that it's, it's just, there's something not right. Well, they do it, you know, a seated rotational turn. They do um, you know, whatever test it is, lunge with extension for my pitchers. And they're like, hey, doc, like, yeah, no, I feel it in the front of my thigh. Now I can guide them with their team or their team wherever they're at in another city and say, look, can we address this? I want you to evaluate this. Um, so creating language with your clients is really, really important. That's one thing you and I do well together, working together. Because I know I'm like, when you're like, hey, 
I'm feeling it here. I'm, I'm off here. That at least gives me guidance. We're speaking the same language. Say, so, okay, when I get you on the table or I'm looking at you and, you know, when I get you here is, okay, let's see how your rotational pattern is. Let's look at your extension. What's coming up for your master's workout? How's your swimming going? Is your gliding, you know, is your stride, you know, correct? Are you able to reach easier? Um, how's your breathing habits? And so once that athlete knows that you know their sport and that you guys can speak the same language, a lot of magic happens. Absolutely. Let's take a quick break to talk about zero shoes. You know I love being barefoot. I am barefoot as much as possible. But when you're out in public, sometimes that's frowned upon. And when you're walking around on concrete and asphalt in the Phoenix summers, it's highly unsafe. That's when zero shoes comes in handy. These shoes allow my feet to be as barefoot as possible, to allow my feet to still work like they were made to work. And the great thing about these shoes is they last. They have a 5,000 mile sole warranty, meaning you rarely have to replace these shoes. And they have a wide range of options. So whether you're looking for sandals, something for casual wear, or something for your sports or work, they have you covered. You can go check them out at zero shoes. That's spelled X-E-R-O shoes.com slash go slash get your fix PT. And you can find all of my partnerships at getyourfixpt.com slash partners. And now back to our conversation. Yeah, essentially it's like, I think both you and I essentially want to work ourselves out of a job. I mean, obviously injuries still happen, like life happens. So people we've seen in the past might come back because they stepped down from the curb wrong or, you know, whatever, like things happen. Um, but I think you and I both, like, we want to get people to the point that's like, they can sense like, oh, I have this slight little issue going on. Let's do this assessment and figure out what it is. Um, and I think that's the beauty of what we do and that, like, if someone wants to continue working, at least with me personally, I'm like, because they don't want to think about what workouts they're doing and they just want someone to write them for them. Cool. I'm more than happy to do that to help them keep highly, like, being a functional human. But, yeah, I don't want people to have to, have to depend on me to, like, fix them constantly. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I get rid of those patients really quick. And, and it's just one of those things where I tell my clients, I'm like, you know, if you're going to refer me somebody, refer somebody like you. Um, these, and, and I tell every one of my patients because they'll send me, they'll hear somebody or they'll see somebody and they'll send me. And I'm like, that's not my, the type of client I want. And, and be okay being a practitioner that says this. Like, write out your perfect client. Like this is something that, you know, a few years ago, uh, somebody taught me is like, who's your perfect client? Because if you have your perfect client, you're not going to have a bad day in practice. Mm -hmm. But if you're just attracting people because you want money and you got to pay the bills and this is, and you're just going after any leads and you're doing whatever you're doing, you're going to get people in your practice that are toxic and that's going to toxify you because you're not going to want to see them. You're not going to want to work on them. And I hate to say that, but it's the truth, right? And so... I don't take personal injury because I don't like dealing with car accidents and I hate dealing with the court system on lawyers and like telling mm -hmm. me that, you know, you're a chiropractor, you're not a real doctor and you know, your assessment wasn't done correctly and this and that. So I'm like, look, like there's friends of mine that make a lot of money in PI, but they love it. They're like, they love going through the assessment. They have their system. They're like, I got to see this many times. I'm going to work with my MD buddy and I'm going to work with my PA. Cool. Go do that. Me, I want somebody who wants to improve in life. I want performance-based, you know, practice. I want somebody that walks in here and is like, look, like, 
I know that I'm in pain, but that's not why I'm here. I want to be able to, you know, put up more weight. I want to be able to get a PR in my triathlon. I want to be able to do something, right? If you don't come to me, if you come in here and you're just like, I just want you to fix my pain, probably not the place for mm-hmm. you. And, and slowly we'll, we'll evolve, but within like three to six visits, I'm like, this isn't the clinic for you because you're not doing your exercises. You're not changing your diet. You're not changing your lifestyle. And you haven't checked in on your habits app. And so like, that's a big thing too. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I worked in the insurance world for a long time and I just got tired of working with those people like, no, I haven't done my exercises. And like, they really, not that they don't want to get better, but at the same time, like they don't want to get better or put in the work to get better. Like they just want it done for them. And unfortunately, like we can get better by just having this passive stuff done. Yeah. And I think too, it's like, you know, we always think the treatment's one thing and the treatment's it. Well, there's a whole other world of strength conditioning mm-hmm. and like adaptation of the body. And so, you know, for me, I'm like, who can I build on my team that's in strength conditioning that I know will assess the body that can now make that person better, right? And while they're, while they're getting stronger or they're getting faster or whatever else, I'm still going to be seeing them because now we have a whole change in the body. Like we're getting altered motor patterns. We're going to want to clean up fascia. We're going to want to work on different things. And now it's not a pain-based clinic. It's a performance-based center, right? And, you know, saying like, look, I know that I'm not a strength conditioning coach. Like I've been around some of the best. I've learned a lot, but that's not my field. Um, so I, I have several that I work with here locally and you do too. And, and so that's what it comes down to. Number one, go back to your assessment. Do you have a good assessment for your clinic that you know that you can argue and defend? If you can do that, awesome. Can you treat what you find? Like number one, can you treat what you find? If you can, awesome. And then can you re-put a new pattern into the brain? I mean, it's as simple as that if you really break it down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true, very true. And something too I think is always forgotten is by a lot of people is like they're with their coach, practitioner, whoever it is, at least for the average person, not for the professional athlete, maybe an hour a day, maybe. It's like, what's happening those other 23 hours of the day? The nutrition, the sleep, the stress, the movement habits that you've created. Like, that's why it's so important to incorporate all this other stuff because just going somewhere for an hour a day or three days a week or whatever it is, isn't going to fix a problem. It's all that other lifestyle stuff that's going to correct it. I think that's a a topic for another conversation (laughs) on a podcast because I mean, that's the biggest thing that we're seeing right now in our world is we have the sickest world due to lifestyle. Um, You know, if you're looking at the rates of obesity, you're looking at the rates of depression, suicide, um, you know, drug use, and not just like illegal, but pharmaceutical, um, you know, it's the scary, scary place to be right now, Mm -hmm. right? The fact that, you know, majority of Americans don't get outside for more than an hour a day, like, are what? You know what I mean? Um, vitamin D levels are super low, uh, carcinogenics just from our environment. If we're looking at, you know, LED lighting, if you, you know, if you're looking at what's your, your colognes and your lotions, I mean, you can go down the rabbit hole of, okay, we're being poisoned every single mm-hmm. place that we go, you know, whether it's our food, whether it's our, what we're watching, what we're listening to, uh, people that we're interacting with, uh, you know, so if we can, as a society, take a deep breath, no pun intended, but if we could just breathe better 
and take a moment to get present on where we're at, I think a lot of people would realize where they're at and say, look, I want to make a change. Like the biggest thing that, you know, uh, I, I encourage a lot of, you know, doctors that I mentor um, and people, I'm like, take a video of somebody, like pre and post, like show them how bad they're moving. Like people don't realize how bad they're moving because mm-hmm. they can't see it, right? So I always take video and then I show it to them and they're like, holy crap. And I'm like, yeah, like I don't have to sell you on anything. Like you either want to fix that or you don't. And then number two, like blood work is becoming something that I've, I've really, you know, dive, I'm diving into right now. Um, Dr. R.S. Sapaya's his functional sports medicine class has been unbelievable for me and working with a couple of different naturopaths. But blood work, I mean, you show somebody blood work and you explain it simply, mm-hmm. that's a wake up call. And so between those two things, I mean, we could really help a lot of people. And then now all of a sudden it's like, look, I want to come see you. I want to make this part of my daily activity. I want to actually improve. So just thinking about, so you've kind of talked about as far as not to go too far down the rabbit hole of lifestyle changes and that sort of thing. But I know like we're both busy humans. We don't necessarily have or take the time to do our self-care every single day like we need to. But I know we both have those kind of necessities that we do every single day to kind of just make sure like certain things are in order. What are some of the things you're doing for yourself just to make sure like you can, as much as you can when you're, you are working long hours in the clinic that you can still take care of yourself? So I'll be vulnerable. Um, this is an area that I'm, I'm personally still learning. Um, I am, I always tell people that are like, Hey, how do you do it? I don't understand how you, you know, you can practice for you know five days a week and travel and teach on the weekend and come back. And you know, how do you have a fiance and this and that? I say I'm the worst person to ask somehow because you know, I've, I'm, I'm taking on people right now from a mental coach perspective. Um, I'm working with Brian Kane, uh, who's a phenomenal, you know, just mental coach. And he's going over a 30 day program with me for habits, right? Like, and then uh, Michael Anders is my personal like coach right now for strength and conditioning here locally at Next Level Consulting. And it's like, dude, you need to commit to something and you need to be there, right? Because as a, as a healthcare professional, we give, give, give. And so I just, I pour my heart into every single person that walks in our clinic and, and everything, our projects on the side. So to answer your question, you know, I used to have surfing like when I lived in California, like that was my thing, surfing and sailing. So if I wasn't out teaching with OnBaseU and Racket Fit and doing all of our stuff with TPI, I was on my sailboat or I was surfing. Now I'm, I'm landlocked, right? And so I was doing skydiving for a lot, you know, so I was skydiving, you know, that was my way of taking care of myself. It was like, look, get out there, no phone, jump out of airplanes, enjoy life, take the view in. Um, so recently, my biggest thing is waking up, get to the gym three days a week at 5 a.m., right? Like that's the number one commitment to just start the day. Uh, number two is meal prep. Um, you know, for a lot of our clinicians and people I know, like we just work and we don't eat. And it's just like go, 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 right? So starting to get my nutritional side back into place. So meal prepping is number two. Um, and then number three is just setting date night with my fiance once a week to where I'm committed to that, right? So I've got that, you know, personal life balance. I've got, you know, a little bit of me balance for working out. 
And then on the other hand is, is learning how to say no. I think the fourth thing that I'm, that I'm really this next year starting, you know, with October is starting to say no. Like, does it serve me? Yes or no. If it does, awesome. If it doesn't and it's not working with the agenda of where we're going this next year, it's a no because I can say yes to everything and I have and I think that's the reason I'm, I'm at where I'm at. But now there's a time in my life where I'm like, look, you know, you're turning 38 here next month. Uh, you've got some big things that are happening. You need to start saying no. And that's hard. It's super hard because I was the same way for a long time, just saying yes to everything. And, and yeah, it's so much more fulfilling and less stressful when you do learn, like, to be selfish, essentially, and only say yes to those things that you know is going to serve you and your business. But it's so hard to do. It is. Like, for you, I mean, um, the fact that we're making time to work on each other, like, that's one thing that I would encourage practitioners to do is, you know, find a couple people in the community that you trust and take time to work on each other. Like, you and I work together. I have a, a good chiro buddy of mine. Him and I will just, you know, we'll work on each other every, every other week. Um, I think we both, we need to be worked on more than we do. But it's just making that effort, right? And not only that, but you get somebody who you get to grow with and throw ideas past, and it gives you a time to step away from your clinical side and, and be like, okay, cool, I'm growing right now. I'm healing. I didn't really feel that. And so it, it puts a different perspective into how you're treating as well. Like since you've been treating me, um, you know, I took a, a lot of my dry needling courses with Sue, um, Sue Falsoni and Structure and Function, and, you know, it's – there's certain areas that I've been like hesitant when I was starting to like work on like the shoulder, but by working with you and having you work on me, it's made me more confident, right? And it's made me like realize, okay, and asking you questions like, well, why are you doing that? And then, okay, can you show me how? So it's just making me a better clinician. And not only that, but it's finding the people that I want to refer to you and know that like, okay, you're a freaking wizard at that. I'm going to send them to you. So being okay with that as well. Yeah, and I have to piggyback that too. Um, yeah, working with you and working with Dr. Matt, who's my Prolo PRP guy, like I've learned so much and I've been able to serve my clients so much better just because like assessments you've shown me or corrections you've you've taught me. It's like I can take that back to what I would do with my clients and even do it virtually with a lot of them because so much of what you do is hands-off. And um, yeah, I think just by working with other people as a treatment side of things, just we grow so much as as clinicians too for sure well i appreciate everything um that you know you're obviously doing for me and and where we're going and i'm excited to, you know for our next podcast that we're going to do i know we have a couple planned um but at least this is a start right and you know this is the conversation that needs to be had it's like look like you know if you want to be okay and good at what you do stay with what you're doing if you want to be great at what you do and you want to build something that's going to have a legacy and really affect mankind and humankind or whatever you want to say, um, find a team. Absolutely. Well, Sean, I know um, you are out there on social media. You do a lot nationwide, worldwide. If someone wants to find you, um, follow you, has questions for you, where can they find you at? Um, that's kind of like in Wedding Crash, I'll find you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find us on athletechiropractic.com. That's our clinic. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, social media, Dr. Sean Drake, D-R-S-E-A-N Drake. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about, um, you know, what I teach and, and collaborate and consult with, 
Uh, check out on base U if you want to work with baseball, softball. Check out Rackfit if you want to work with tennis. Um, obviously, TPI, Titles Performance Institute, if you want to look at golf. Um, those are three areas that I'm super involved with. I think is you know as a clinician, as a strength coach, as a you know coach, or even maybe a patient listening, you want to go find those practitioners because they're going to know your sport. They're going to know how to assess you. They're going to know how to attack what you need. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. This is super fun, and we'll definitely do it again. All right. Thanks. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And before I close out, I have two questions for you. Do you feel like you're in a plateau with your progress? Or do you feel like you're stuck in an injury cycle? Both of these issues are very common and both of them can be fixed very easily. Most often, both of these issues come down to how you're training or more importantly, what's missing in your training. By figuring out what's missing and adding that in, your training performance will improve, your racing performance will improve, and your injury cycle will break. I invite you to get on a free 30-minute consultation call with me to discuss what's going on with you, your life, your training, so we can really figure out what needs to be done to improve that. So head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash asktheocr doc to book a free call with me. Thank you again for listening today. I greatly appreciate it and I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.